Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We're still studying the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, we're continuing on with this tremendous healing ministry uh, in the region of Galilee. And what we mentioned earlier about uh, how the Lord Jesus, he took a whole day. Was, I call it the day of miracles. He took a whole day to minister. He cast out devils. He cast out demons. He healed all that were sick. He even healed uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law, uh, touched her hand, and immediately the fever left her. And so we're just continuing on. And now Jesus, now he's expanded his ministry and he's beginning to itinerate now, uh, coming out of Capernaum and going into the different towns and villages in Galilee. And we're coming now to the, the place in Luke chapter 5 where Jesus heals a leper. But before we read, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus and we praise you. Now, Father, open up our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our heart to understand. And Father, we'll give you all the praise and honor and glory. Reveal uh, your heart to us and we'll give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, now we're reading from Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 12. Notice Luke records this, and it came about that while he was in one of the cities, and behold, there was a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Oh, I tell you, that just so blesses my heart. When he saw Jesus... I'm telling you, friends, you've got to be looking. You've got to have your eyes open in order to see Jesus. There's so many in this world. They're running here and there. They're on a horizontal plane. They're running all over the place looking for help. But they never look up. They never see Jesus because they're looking for a quick fix. Somebody to help them get out of trouble but they don't fix their eyes on Jesus. They're not looking for him. So if they're not looking for Jesus, they're not going to see him. How do I know that? Well, I spent 21 years in the home of a Christian family. And in those first 21 years of going to church, I never saw Jesus. I never did. And the reason why is I wasn't looking for him. You mean to tell me you weren't looking for Jesus? And all the time you were going to church? Absolutely. There's a lot of people in churches all over this country today that have never seen Jesus. They've never seen him. And I'm not talking about seeing a vision of Jesus. I'm talking about seeing him for who he really is, Lord and Savior. Seeing, praise God, having him touch us with his divine purpose and with his divine plan, praise God. But notice this man, he's a leper. He's desperate. All hope is gone. He doesn't have any more family. He doesn't have a business. He doesn't have any way to take care of himself. All he can rely upon is the mercy of others. And that would have to be at a distance. Think about it. Think about somebody that can't communicate, is not allowed to go into a group of men and talk to them or, or be able to go to a theater to sit down and listen uh, to men or to a place of business or to a restaurant. He's not allowed to go to any of those places. He's an outcast. He's a leper. And he has to constantly declare that he is an outcast, that he is a leper. Think about that. 
This man was hungry, but he wasn't hungry for food. He was hungry for a change. And it came to pass that while he was in, the Lord Jesus was in one of the cities. Behold, there was a man full of, lep full of leprosy. Leprosy had eaten him up, was eating him alive. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face. He humbled himself and implored him, saying, Master, if you are willing, you can make me clean. I tell you, there's something about a humbled heart. There's something about a broken vessel that will cause the Lord to reach out and to fix it. Praise God. And that's what's getting ready to happen to this leper. And being moved with compassion, he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing to be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. Jesus was so full of God, so full of the Holy Spirit, so full of the life of God, amen, that touching that leper didn't bother him at all. Amen. He touched that man and he had compassion on him. And he said, I'm willing. I'm willing. <laughs> Praise God. Lord, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, well, I'm willing. Be cleansed. Notice that. Notice the command in the Lord Jesus. I'm willing. Be cleansed. We would say today, be cleansed in the name of Jesus. Jesus, the great I am, said, I am willing. Be cleansed. And immediately, notice that, immediately the leprosy left him. All those spots. Think about that. All those appendages that just fell off. Amen. They begin to grow back if he was that far gone. Well, it does say that, that he was full of leprosy. Think about that. Full of leprosy. Just think about all those sores, all those scabs, everything all over his body. All of a sudden, they just began to be healed. Praise God. Jesus cleansed that man. That leprosy was defeated that very moment that Jesus commanded it to be, commanded this man to be cleansed. And finishing on with the narrative, and he ordered him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses' commandment for a testimony to them. See, Jesus obeyed the law of Moses. Amen. It was the way that the scribes and the Pharisees and the doctors of the law interpreted the law of Moses that he opposed. But Jesus knew the word of God. He knew the scriptures, just like you and I need to know the scriptures. And verse 15 says, But the news about him was spreading even farther, and great multitudes were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. The reason why there are people in the church today that are not getting healed is because they do not take the time to hear the word of God. I tell people when I was pastoring, I tell people, listen, if you're sick and you're having trouble getting your healing, go to the word of God. Start in the book of Genesis. Go all the way through the scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, and write down all the scriptures concerning healing and meditate upon them. Go over them. Pray over them. 
hold them up before the Lord Jesus. Sooner or later, there's going to come a confidence. There's listen to this. There's going to come an authority. There's going to come a power. There's going to come a command. Amen. Hallelujah. And you will be delivered. I'm telling you, you will be. But you've got to do things God's way. Amen. I've told people this, that if you have a terminal illness, you need to take two or three weeks. You need to fast and to pray. You need to stay in the word of God. God will direct your heart. God will show you. And it's true that not every Christian that gets sick gets healed. And I'm sure there's reasons for that. Amen. But I tell you, give it all that you've got. Amen. Give it all that you have. This leper gave it all he had. He came to Jesus broken. He came to Jesus humbled. Jesus had compassion on him and healed him. Praise God. Leprosy is a terrible thing. Chronic infectious disease. It just eats at you. It creates sores and scabs, spots beneath the skin, and it just eats away at the, at the flesh. Thank God medical science has defeated that disease, but it's still in the world today. And Jesus is still the healer today. Praise God. Amen. So God what the Lord Jesus wrought a tremendous healing and a tremendous uh, miracle upon this leper. Praise God. Changed him in a moment of time. Think about that. Changed him in a moment of time. Only God can do that. Amen. All right. Now we're going back to Mark chapter two and we're going to look at another great healing miracle. And this is called the healing of the one born of four. And this is found in Mark chapter two. We're going to read the first 12 verses and notice it says here. And he entered into a boat and crossed over and came into his own city. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days now, Jesus has been traveling. He's been itinerating. Amen. And it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached and taught the word unto them. Amen. Notice what else it says. And there were Pharisees. Now, I'm taking this from Mark chapter 2, Matthew chapter 9, and Luke chapter 5. <laughs> and there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Think about that. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord. The anointing to heal sickness and disease. That was upon the Lord Jesus, the power of God, to heal even the Pharisees and the doctors of the Lord. Doctors of the law, praise God. But notice what Jesus did. He preached and taught the word of God unto them. He preached and taught the word of God unto them. Probably the same type message he taught in the synagogue in Nazareth. Why did he do that? Well, he did that to quicken their faith in him. Amen. You've got to have faith to be healed. That's why studying the scriptures is so important. What God did for one, he'll do for you. 
But you got to approach him the way that he wants you to approach him. I remember I was uh, sent to uh, the home of a man that was uh, terminally ill. And I was asked by the family to pray for him. And I knew something about this man. I laid my hand on him to pray for him. And you know what the Holy Ghost said? This man will have to do a lot of changing before he can be healed. Think about that. Yeah, that's what the Holy Ghost said on the inside of me. This man will have to do a lot of changing before he'll be healed. See, that's an indicator why a lot of people don't get healed. Maybe unforgiveness or strife is standing in the way. Maybe something that they did in the past that they've never asked forgiveness for, that they've never repented of, standing in the way of their healing. In the case of this individual, he was against authority. He objected and rebelled against authority. And for that, he died when he could have been healed. So you see, it's very important. We go to Jesus. Amen. We go to Jesus concerning these things. And he directs our heart. And whatever he tells us to do, whatever we sense in our heart to do, we'll do it. I remember early this year, I really took uh, the, um, the season going all the way up to Easter. I took a special time uh, for extra time of prayer and devotion. And uh, reading through some material I, I took, I used a devotional book by Charles Finney. And uh, he goes through there and he talks about uh, sin and how that we recognize the things in our life that maybe we don't don't have um, a recollection of. And I'll be honest with you, and I'll be I was surprised there were things that he mentioned that were attitudes in my heart that I had never addressed. And when I realized that and saw that, I repented. Amen. There were some things that, that uh, others had done to me that I had held against them. There were some other things that uh, were going on in people's lives that I resented. But all that was locked up in my heart. And they were things that if I had not gotten them straightened, I would have to have addressed when I stood before the Lord Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ. So don't let sin follow you to the judgment. Get it, get it fixed here, praise God. Get it done here. Get the pipe cleaned out, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Be washed in the name of Jesus. Oh, I tell you, that creates a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful life in the presence of God. Amen. But notice here it says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. That was speaking to the Pharisees and the doctors of the law. They had come. They had needs. God was there to address those needs. But did he? No. Listen to this. Listen to what uh, Mark records. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, who was born of four. Four men carrying a stretcher now. And when they could not come near to him because of the crowds, they got up on the roof. They uncovered the tiles of the roof where he was. They broke the roof open and they let the man down, laying in the bed right there in the front of the Lord Jesus. 
Now, this is a very interesting verse of Scripture. Notice how Mark records this. Verse 5. And when Jesus saw their faith, not the man lying on the bed, not his faith, their faith. Of course, you know, we're talking about five individuals. It was the man on the bed that was in agreement with the four, bringing this, their friend to Jesus to be healed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven me. See how faith cooperates with the power of God. See how faith cooperates with the healing power of God. You've got to believe these things. Amen. Many people want to be healed first before they believe. It doesn't work that way. You have to believe that Jesus is willing to heal you and that he will heal you before healing comes. And it works the same way in every area of our life. It works with the peace of God. It works with financial conditions that we find ourselves in. If we walk in obedience and we walk in humility and we have faith and we know beyond a shadow of a doubt on the inside of us that Jesus will do for us what he said in his word he will do for us. Faith will rise up, praise God. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. What was it that was keeping this man sick? It was sin. Unconfessed sin. Sins of things he had done in the past and didn't make sacrifice for. Amen. Now notice verse 6, but there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. See, this is what destroys faith. This is what makes faith inoperative. Reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies? They're calling Jesus a blasphemer. Who can forgive sins but God only? They were reasoning in their hearts. And they were the scribes. They were the doctors of the law. And they were more concerned with legalism than they were miracles. That's why many in the church will never receive a miracle because they don't believe God's in that business anymore. They'd rather be more legalistic uh, than they were, than they would to have faith. And they said, who can forgive God sins but God alone? See, right here, here we are. Here's another evidence that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. He is the divine son of God. And what did these doctors of the law do? They reasoned that Jesus, he must not be a true prophet. Why? Because he had the audacity to claim that he could forgive sins. There's nobody that can forgive sins but God alone. But now watch what Jesus does. Praise God. Amen. And immediately... When Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason these things in your hearts? What is easier to say the sick of the palsy, your sins are forgiven or to say arise and take up your bed and walk, which is which is easier to forgive sins or to heal somebody that's been terminally ill, we'll say it that way, who's handicapped or, or who is so diseased that he's laying in a bed, he can't get up under his own strength or power. And then Jesus says this, but that you may know that the Son of Man, notice he says the Son of Man, has power on earth to forgive sins. 
he says to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up your bed and go your way into your own house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed and went forth before them all. We're talking about everyone that had crowded around Peter's home. We're talking about the Pharisees. We're talking about the doctors of the law, all of them. And so much that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. Isn't that what they did in Nazareth? Isn't, what they, isn't that what they did in Capernaum? Did it change their mind? No, it didn't change their mind. They were amazed. They couldn't get past the fact that Jesus was a flesh and blood human being that had authority, that had power, and that had command. Amen. But yet he was walking with such an anointing that not only could he forgive sin, praise God, but he could heal sickness and disease. And notice they said, well, we never saw it on this fashion. This has never happened before. The Pharisees were flummoxed along with the doctors of the law. They thought they had it all figured out. They thought they knew exactly what it was going to be, you know, this is this is the way it is, you know, and this is how we're going to live. And and uh, this is, the, you know, the will of God. And then all of a sudden, God interrupts their lives. And, and here Jesus comes and intervenes. And somebody gets healed, I mean, miraculously healed. And they don't believe it. They're amazed. It's a phenomenon. Well, we don't know how this happened, but it never dawned upon them. Well, you know what? Maybe the Lord Jesus Christ has something that we need to find out about. No, they just were just amazed. Well, this is a phenomenon. Well, it's like so many people that preach against healing. And here they have all the evidence of all these people that have been healed. Like one man told me, oh, that was just psychosomatic. You just believe so strongly that you were going to get healed that it happened. See, just absolutely, they mock the power of God, and they don't understand what they're doing. They're so strong in their belief that God, that all of this has passed away. The healing and miracles has passed away. So when somebody gets miraculously healed, they don't believe it. They're amazed, but they don't believe it. Let me tell you something. Faith in God will always prevail. Don't, do not quit believing. Do not quit walking by faith. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Things will change if you decide that you're not going to quit. Don't quit. Don't be denied. Continue to walk by faith. God will work great things on your behalf. Amen. Praise God. Well, God is so good. All right. Now, we're going to switch gears here. And uh, we're going to look at the call of Matthew. Now, this is found in Matthew chapter 9, so we'll follow along with Matthew's record. And as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting in the tax office, and he said to him, follow me, and he arose and followed him. Now, Matthew knew about the Lord Jesus. He had seen some things. You reckon he saw that load of fish? That Simon Peter caught that day? You reckon he did? I believe he did. 
I believe he had been had, had his eyes on on the Lord Jesus. Amen. And so Jesus came by, follow me. Well, it didn't take Matthew too long to, to say, yes, I will. Praise God. He was sitting on G. He was waiting on O, just like we say. And it happened that. And as he was reclining, notice this. And it happened that Matthew, he had a great feast going as he was reclining at Matthew's house. Many tax gatherers and sinners came and were dining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to the disciples, why is your teaching teacher eating with tax gatherers and sinners? I mean, he was eating and drinking with them. But when he heard this, he said, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, there was a righteousness that was upon the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the doctors of the law because they strictly kept the law of Moses. But this goes beyond that. You see, Jesus understands, and this is what we need to understand, see, Jesus is paving a path for us to follow. Now, we, ought, we do keep ourselves separate from the world. And we're talking about, when we talk about the world, we're talking about the structure of the world. We're talking about the system, this world system. We keep ourselves separate from it. But we have to engage sinners because we have a mandate to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And there's many ways and many methods in which to do that. Jesus chose to sit down with the tax gatherers and with sinners, prostitutes, publicans, and to eat with them and to minister to them. And when the Pharisees objected to, uh, objected to what Jesus was doing, he said, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire compassion. Notice that. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. Now, what the Lord Jesus is talking about here, like so many in the church world today, they think that just by going to church, that erases everything that they've done in the past or just offering a sacrifice was all that was necessary. You know, I can wipe my hands clean and now I'm free. I've made my sacrifice, but there was never a change in their heart. Just like some churches, they go and they confess their sins and then they just turn right around and they, it hasn't changed them. The confession of their sins hasn't changed them at all because the next week they just go out and live the same way they did the week before. And think all they got to do is come in and make confession and that's it. They're cleansed and so they can go out and do it again. No, no. No, when we ask for forgiveness, we're also intending to turn away from that sin. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, but go and learn what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but I've called sinners to repentance. Amen. Hallelujah. So if there's something standing away of your healing today, amen, spend time with the Lord Jesus. And when he reveals something, the Holy Spirit reveals something, get it out of the way. Amen. Clear that way so that the healing power of God can come upon you today and affect a healing and a cure in your body. 
And Father, we'll thank you for that and give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.